Welcome to Wild and Weird Radio, a Wild and Weird West Virginia podcast. Tonight, as promised, we said that if we found anything that was of interest on our little excursion following up on a possible Bigfoot report last weekend, that we would dedicate a show to it and fill you guys in on everything we found. Well, we lucked out. And we actually found some pretty good evidence to talk about tonight. So, without further ado, let's get wild and weird. So, what is going on, guys? Things and stuff, apparently. All kinds yeah, of things and stuff, and stuff and things. right? And stuff and things. How about you, Wayne? You got some things and stuff going on? Oh, are we rolling now? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> and there I am. Yep. No, I mean, you know, just the normal. Enjoying the day off, you know, now that I'm working a lot, six days a week. So, yeah. you know, it was my day off, so I did nothing. Yeah. Well, Fun times. Yeah. We, uh, I listed uh, a couple of our, our new things this morning, and we sold out within an hour. So, you know, to everybody who got one, thank you, and... The ones who didn't get one, uh, watch for the next round. There'll be there'll be more coming out, and they'll be double priced. So, oh yeah, exactly, absolutely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Each round that comes out is if it's the third round, you're gonna pay triple the price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it works, right? What a what an idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. I don't I don't think it'll work, but it's well, great. You, hey, the early bird gets the worm. That's true. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. I agree. I'm having too much fun with this little button. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Well, we'll start off by telling you guys how this whole thing shook down to begin with. Wait, let um, me start it off. So, guys, how did this whole thing, you know, kind of shake down? Well, we uh, <laughs> we were contacted through Facebook um, after there was a post of some alleged anomalous audio and we went out on a follow-up to, uh, to check it out. But before we got there, we, we have this, um, I guess checklist that we go through would be the, the best way to put it. Yeah. With, I call it checklist. Yeah. You know, we want to validate the story. We want to kind of make an assessment of the witness um, and, you know, not not meeting like in a bad way. But there's certain things, there are certain tells when you're interviewing someone uh, where they will kind of trail off or, you know, occasionally certain parts of the story won't match up. Right. And and you can see if it is a fabricated story or if there was actually some kind of a valid experience that took place. And we went through every possible route, uh, emails, a phone call interview, um, more messaging back and forth. Everything was consistent. And I know for me, the phone call interview solidified us traveling the you know two and a half hours south to to mm-hmm. reach this location um because you know we found out during the phone interview that our witness beth was a or is rather a marine corps veteran and anybody who has been around marines knows there's a certain kind of uh air about them right and when they describe a story if they have a bodily reaction to describing the story it means that there's an actual psychological effect that was had taken place Mm -hmm. um you know you can't fake chill bumps you can't fake uh reliving the experience from you know when you're telling the story and your breathing changes pattern and you start leaning in and getting really intense even crying Mm -hmm. 
uh, the, you can't really just manufacture that. And if you can, then you just like the sheriff's department said in the Pascagoula episode last week, if you can fake all of those things, especially the the crying on command and, and a very convincing, real rattling um, cry with where where your breath is just kind of being taken, um, you you need a award of some sort. You need to be in Hollywood. Man, they call that your time. You know, they call that an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Waste, wasting your time out here. You know, Hollywood needs you. That's the case, right? Right. So, so yeah, basically very credible is what we're getting at with that. Yes, extremely credible witness. Um, when when they were describing what they saw, they were describing key features using layman words, not somebody who had, you know, sat and researched Bigfootology, <laughs> Squatchology, yeah. um, if you will. Yeah. To understand the lexicon and and be able to pull these words like sagittal crest or you know hooded nose and things like that, she described him in in plain terms. Describe the shape of the head. Layman described, terms. Yeah. Yeah. Described the nose. Described the width and and how tall the creature was and its proportions. Not using you know, squatchy words, but using normal words. And that was another thing. This is not somebody who is a true believer, at least not yet. Um, so, for and, instance, if I can interject. So, for instance, like, how did she describe the nose? A troll nose. Like a nose you would see on the troll, flat, but like a troll nose. Like okay. wide, a big wide nose, yeah. kind of flat like, and but it wasn't like a gorilla nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that gives... but her specific words were exactly what Ron said: a troll's nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some yeah nobody with any you know that's done any research or anything is going to use that right off you know readily. That's actually gonna... a pretty good description. I mean, yeah, yeah but you know what I mean. They're going to they're yeah. going to try to equate it to oh yeah other things you know more scientific yeah. or more yeah. you know yeah agree and. She said its hair kind of looked like it was almost like a mohawk running down the middle of its head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she said the head was kind of cone shaped, but the hair in the middle was kind of like a mohawk. Well, that's because of sagittal crest, right? You know, all the hair kind of comes up to would look oh. like it kind of comes up to a point and sleek, slicked back a little bit. Or he was a or he was a punk. Yeah. yeah. Could have been. He may have been a fan of uh, of, you know, the clash and. Misfits, uh, misfits, yeah. yeah, a Danzig yeah. fan. Um, uh. and then uh, the she she described its width like the tailgate of a truck. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that got me too. Yeah, and she was specific too. She didn't say the back end of a truck. She just said the tailgate, not mm-hmm. including the lights, just the tailgate itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there were certain things like that. And then the emotion that she had in her voice and then the the sense of relief that she had that she was telling this story to somebody who believed her. Yeah. And uh, so at that point, once the phone call was ended, we had kind of loosely set up a date with her saying that we were going to definitely be coming back this weekend um, and that uh, – but me and Ron got off the phone with her and called each other back. And Ron was like, yes, we are absolutely going. <laughs> yeah. This, she, she passed the test at that point and it was worth going up there and, and checking out. And, uh, even if, even if there's just nothing, just to document the story and take a look at the area, mm-hmm. uh, because my main focus, um, when I, when I go into looking into new research areas is food supply. That for me, nothing else gets gets me out in the woods more to go look for Bigfoot than trying to find a food supply. And I wanted to go and see just how abundant the food supply was going to be to be able to support one of these creatures moving through the area. And, uh, you know, we wanted to collect the story, but I, I was really after seeing what all kind of uh, forageables were there, right? And 
so we had made our game plan and we got together and we took off in the morning and, and went down to this site that we now call the Wineberry site. And we call it that because this is not going to be a one-time visit. We've actually already set up uh, reoccurring visits um, that will, the next one will be in the fall. Um, and, and hopefully Wayne, you can come out with us on that one. Oh yeah, I'll be there. All right. Um, because we're wanting to hit it in prime time, uh, for the deer to be moving and everything's going on that, uh, that September to October or end of August, October is kind of like the Bigfoot hotspot time. Mm-hmm. And we want to try to hit that in that area because it's, uh, it's really good. And we're going to tell you why it's really good. Um, so we get in the truck and we take off and we head down to Wyoming County where this uh, audio report came from and where she actually had her own personal sighting. Well, we wanted to go to the site where she had her sighting um, and, and just to take a look around because she had a sighting there. I wanted to see what kind of food was in the area to justify having such a creature there. And it, it was just going to be a she told us the property was huge and she was not kidding. Yeah. It's so big. yeah, it's, it's massive. And we didn't even get a chance to walk all of it. And we were there for about seven hours. Mm-hmm. So, um, we get, we get to the site and she starts talking about her experience. And I walked down to go do a recreation. Now her and Ron talked about some stuff. Um, I'll let him tell you about that now, and then I'll tell you what I saw when I was down there doing the recreation. Well, all I was doing up there while you were doing that was basically getting her story, and I wanted to record it for the documentary. At the time, she did not want to be seen, or she did not want her name used in the documentary, and she changed her mind later on. But um, at the time... You know, we were getting the story and, and she was telling us, you know, exactly how big this thing was and how she came up on it and whatnot. And the basic story is that she had had a, um, an argument with her fiance at the time and she went up to basically blow off some steam in an area where she had gone many times before, except for this time there was something there. She heard something, she said she, she smelled something and, but she heard something. And when she turned to look at what, to see what it was, she saw this massive uh, bipedal creature peeking out from behind a, uh, a, a set of trees. And that's where Joe was positioned at. So what we had her do or had him do, what we had Joe do at that time was uh, move around and, and get into position where it was and had her kind of guide him. And as she's guiding him into where it was, then he starts, you know, watch my hand and, you know, see it. And we kind of, guess at exactly a kind of approximation of, of how tall this thing was and, and how wide it was and whatnot. But um, her story is that when she was up there, um, the two locked eyes and she said she was almost in like a trance like state, I think is what she had said. Yeah. And, she was kind of frozen. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, she fascination and fear both. But she said also multiple times that it seemed like it was trying to figure out what she was doing too. And maybe, you know, she was up there in distress on a rock and there are reports that these things are kind of interested in what people are doing. In, yeah. Just in regular old human behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like they do observe. I know. think they're more interested in the females, you know, you, for you some never, reason. Yeah. You never know. I, I mean, I really do because you have a lot of, um, reports and accounts that i have read it's like there's a female alone or a young child or mm -hmm. something they're you know it's like they're drawn to them yeah well they you know whatever it was it yeah it had her and uh and she said it it seemed like forever that they were staring at each other and then finally her her flight or her fight or flight kicked in and and she ran and um she got away and, and she's been terrified ever since literally from what i understand and that's that's right. been just about two years ago. Yeah, she hasn't been out to where everything took place since then. Um, it was her first trip out there was was with us. And she was you could tell she was shaken. Uh, you could see the chill bumps coming up on her arms. Uh, it, it was 
she said several times, this is as far as I'm going. I'm not going any farther. But she kept, like, pushing herself. As yeah, we that whole Marine thing kicked in. You know, yeah, she had an Air Force guy there walking mm-hmm. in the in the woods, and she, she couldn't let uh, mm-hmm. let yeah. herself live that down. So That's funny. Well, whatever well, it was, you know, it got her out there, so. It's easier to go out somewhere like that with a couple people it than is. it is by and yourself that's what she said. Yeah, that's what she said, too. But, uh, you know, we did check that out, and then Joe was uh, in that area, and that's, uh, you know, as we were putting him into position, we could see where it was, and, and then he can fill you in from that point. So while I was standing there by the tree, we, we made an assessment that it was roughly about seven and a half, seven to seven and a half feet tall. And... As soon as I got it in place, I turned to my right, and there was a sizable game trail that I was able to walk through without getting any snags. Um, So, I mean, anybody who's a hunter or or knows anything about the woods, when you see a game trail that's that wide, that means that there's something big that uses it on a regular basis. And that can be a bear. That can be, you know, a, a, a whole group of deer. A Joe Squatch. Hey, a Joe Squatch, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. various things like yeah. that. So, but it's 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 a sizable animal. It's not just like a little game trail that raccoons or, or you know, rabbits are leaving behind. So, um, I, I go ahead and I start walking the, the game trail, and she starts, like, kind of freaking out. And I'm like, this game trail goes over this way. And she was like, that's where I'm wanting to take you next is what's down below you. And uh, because it's a fresh water source mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's coming from a spring. So it is an uncontaminated fresh water source because there's no we're out there in the middle of nowhere, guys. There's no in, an industrialization out there. There's nothing. And this is just a, a natural spring that comes up and it actually gives water to everybody that lives in that holler. Mm-hmm. There's a pond there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. We, uh, I go back up the hill, and we we then go down. We drive back down to the bottom, and we get out and we we go on a walkabout, and we start examining certain areas. Um, we go up to the pond, and when we get to the pond, you know, there's tons of water, clean water, and then there's vernal pools, which you know call back to John Tenney's encounter where, you know, there's vernal pools, you have amphibians and reptiles. So I'm starting to cue in here. We're seeing a ton of deer print. We're seeing a bunch of small game print. We're seeing habitat for amphibians and reptiles. We have all the protein sources we we can think of now already right here in this one location. Mm -hmm. Then we go over, we we take a look around in the vernal pool area. There's another big wide game trail that goes up the ridge. I walk up that holler a little bit and look around. I don't really see a whole lot other than human activity. Um, then we came back down and uh, she wanted us to walk out to the spring. This is the one where she was really nervous about. Yeah, because she said she hadn't been out there even longer than before yeah. the Bigfoot sighting she had. I, Just because she, she said it's a... It's, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, you get a weird feeling. It's creepy. But more than that, she said, you know, she felt that if there was something out here, this is where it would be because, you know, it, that's the water source. The water source is up there, you know. But, um, you know, there was there was definitely, uh, I don't know, there was there's a weird feeling around that place. But I don't think it had anything to do with Bigfoot. It uh, it was it was definitely a very special place, though, in my opinion. Well, you know, we'd been told that the family had found Native American artifacts there in the past in the field when they tilled it because this certain parts of this property used to be very large gardens back in the day. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been used for gardening for a long time because the soil's back to being hard pack. And, and we found all kinds of different uh, all kinds of different tracks on our way. And most notably, one of them was bears. Oh, yeah. So we found a bear track and we exit and I pointed out why it was a bear and explained to her what, you know, look for and all that stuff. And while we're out there, we start seeing, uh, in this, this portion of the property, we're already starting to see blackberry and raspberries all over the place. 
And then there's sweet grass there too. So we move around and we're making our way up towards the spring. More blackberries and raspberries. Like this is one of the biggest just patches of berries I've ever seen. Then we make it to the spring. And Ron, before we made it up to the spring, her and Ron both started kind of feeling weird. And I felt it too. It was, it was a different kind of energy in the atmosphere. It wasn't like a spooky or ooh no. kind of mm-hmm. feeling. But when we made it to the spring, we found out just exactly why it was special. Yeah, I think that the place was probably very special to uh, First Nations people who came through there just because, you know, we saw these two old growth cedars. And when I say old growth, I mean, these things were they were old. These were hundreds of years old trees. They were they were six feet wide. Yeah. Um, Like I could have laid down on the ground beside both of them. So we had two. They were massive. Yeah, two very sacred trees right beside each other, right next to this spring that's coming out of, of the hillside. Which they and had then there was another creek ever. over to our right. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it probably was, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, uh, some of that feeling could have definitely been, uh, you know, uh, a psychic intuition uh, or premonition, a pickup of energy from around that area. Who knows? Earth energy. You know, there's reasons that these things happen, in my opinion, uh, which also goes along some of the lines of what people think about, you know, uh, the other parts of the phenomena. I'm not going to deny it or confirm it. I'm just going to say that I definitely felt something when we walked up that path. And, and it wasn't anything bad. It was just like this little tinge, you know, that was, that was it. And, she you, know, was like, and well, one, you know, one of the ways that I interpret that too is, you know, we, we have first nations ancestry mm-hmm. and we walked into this sacred area and it's, it's like our bodies just knew this is a special place. This was before we even recognized saw the cedars. You know, this was we were out of sight of the spring at the time. We didn't. We just felt that there was yeah, just a you, different energy in the air. You come around just, the, this curve and you see the the cedars at that point and the yeah and the spring. And so it was just this really special place, and it was beautiful. And we get out there and uh, examining around the spring because it's it's real marshy around the spring. It's a it's a bog really. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was like trying to find a needle in a needle stack. It was ridiculous. Because there was so much traffic through there, there was absolutely no yeah. way to discern <laughs> what yeah. made its way through. Um, and when we were reached there, I saw this massive wineberry thicket. Yeah. I mean, it was just huge. It went on, you know, probably 20 yards you wide and, it. and just as deep i mean it was it was thick and yeah you know, so again there we have another natural occurring sugar source and sugar is very hard to come by in nature unless you're going down like chewing on roots you know so these berry sources are extremely important to large animals and you've got to have it. You've got to have that kind of sugar. It's, it's just vital. So I'm already seeing that this habitat would be prime habitat for a large creature like a Sasquatch. And I walk out again. I, I go off another probably, what about? 50 yards from you guys yeah, walking up 50, further up the creek about, about 50 yards i didn't see anything other than uh some signs where somebody had gone up there to set up a, a a deer feeder um and outside of that there wasn't anything so walking back we had found something that we thought kind of looked like a footprint so we sort of marked it and then when we came back i i followed the footprints um because i'm I'm a fairly decent tracker. Um, so I followed the footprints of whoever it was that hung the deer feeder up there and walked all the way back down through and then 
this footprint that we thought was a footprint was also right in the same spot, like in the path of where whoever was walking would have been. But then we also found out that we were fallen subject to pareidolia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved a stick out of the way and suddenly it wasn't a footprint anymore. Yeah. But what happens next is very interesting. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was actually just a few feet from where that happened, uh, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, we were coming back through there and, and uh, I think uh, you'd picked up some kind of little something that was on the ground or, or something and she was discussing that. And I don't even think she noticed it until we noticed it, until our heads went up. But what I heard was a loud thump and then a whoosh kind of sound. And I just looked at you and was like, you know, and she starts, well, what was that? You know, what was that? But um, that was interesting. And that occurred on uh, the ridge line off to uh, off to our side there, off to our left. And, and um, that was when something. Heard, when we heard that noise, I moved, I advanced on it. And uh, I found a footprint. And took a picture of it. It was really indescript. Um, Nobody else had been walking over there. Whatever it was that had walked down actually came down in like a horseshoe shape and went straight back up the hill again. Um, And I don't know if it's because we were down there in the valley with it. And it was coming down maybe get water. And when we started coming up the valley, it decided to go back up to the ridge. Um, But the footprint was pretty fresh, but it was really indescript. Um, like it looked, you could tell it was shaped like a foot and there was two or three more that were like kind of partials and the leaves had been turned up. And that's, that's how I knew which direction this thing had come down and went right back up. Now it's um, raining pretty checked, heavy at this time too. It was, it was raining so, pretty heavy. So guys, when, let me ask you a question before we get too far away from it. Mm-hmm. So when you, Ron, when you heard that sound, mm-hmm. that crash, yeah. how did she respond she actually didn't seem to notice it until we looked up. And then I think it registered with her at that point because she said, what was that? And then we were just staring at each other. We didn't say anything. I think I looked at John and said, did you hear that? And she said, what was that? And, you know, I think it, it sunk in at that point that we had actually heard something. And we said what we had heard. And uh, we were just confirming it amongst ourselves that we both heard the same thing. And we definitely heard the same thing. So, so she didn't start freaking out or anything. She didn't. She didn't really. She started to, but she did. In her voice, you can hear it yeah. in the audio recording. Hear, her her voice started cracking. Was, she was getting yeah. all shook. Now I was rolling at the time, so we did actually get the sound. It's very light. Uh, I did. I did enhance it. You can hear it once it's enhanced, and you can hear the thump. You know, it's really fast, like just super fast. But. Um, yeah, she got a little nervous at that point. She stayed with me while Joe went over there and, and did that. And I stayed there with the camera, you know, watching just to see if I could, you know, catch anything moving. But we didn't yeah. see anything. L- little did she know that you were going to outrun her to get away from it and leave her Right. Behind. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I agree. So <laughs> what uh, what she actually was doing is she was back there. Uh, she was kind of hunkered down at, at the tree level. And uh, she was just being really quiet. I mean, she was doing what she should be doing. You know, she was observing at that point. So she didn't do anything crazy. You know, she didn't freak out. She was very, very calm. And uh, that's probably a lot of Marine that came out in her about that time is what I'm thinking. Well, yeah, especially the position she assumed. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, Yeah, she dropped. She was just like down, like really intent, you know, like kind of taking cover, but being very... Uh, observant of what was going on so yeah and Um, none of us we didn't see anything on that ridge i mean we were both scouting that ridge and we saw nothing up there yeah we waited for about five or ten minutes and you're not going to out like i said in the i said this in the video you absolutely will not out patience one of these things yeah it's not gonna happen yeah it's gonna it's gonna sit there and wait it doesn't care so we had just maybe an hour and a half two hours left of daylight well, wait now. You found something while you're over there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I Very found the turtle shell. Something. Yeah, you found the turtle shell, which there I thought was really cool. 
there was a turtle shell that had actually been hammered open and had no signs of chewing on it. It was Eastern Box, um, and it absolutely looked like someone had taken a uh, a rock, a hammerstone, and actually, you know, just a rudimentary tool and bashed this thing open on one part and then scooped out the carpus and, and everything else inside. That's what it looked like. Yep. So we have that, and that's a really cool piece of, uh, it's a really cool artifact. It is. It's a really neat little artifact. Whether um, it's related or not, it's a neat artifact. Right, exactly. So uh, we only had about an hour and a half to two hours left of decent daylight, and I wanted to get back to this field that um, that we had been that we glossed over at first because we really did like she didn't even really say much about that field at all no but when we when we were hiking out around i noticed that that field had a holler attached to it with a creek coming out of it a lot of mud and i wanted to walk up that holler a little bit and just take a look around and uh so we went ahead we we walked back down from the spring we had a really good conversation with beth um where you know she had talked about how you know this really helped her Mm -hmm. and you know she's not scared to go out there and thinking that like you know something's going to come out there and snag her or her kids oh she was terrified she wouldn't let the kids go up near that place no you know and uh yeah i get it but uh yeah she had that kind of a you know realization kind of moment there at the end and you know, thanked us for coming out and helping her to get over fears and whatnot. And ah, I made you feel good, but, uh, it did. but then we what, had something else happen. What made me really feel good was, uh, right about the last two hours of daylight. I think it was, wasn't it? About the last hour and a half, something like that. We hit that field. Oh, just, well, just before we hit the field, remember we were walking back down oh, the trail right after the she had just told us how she had, uh, yes. how she had felt better about being out there. And it was really good. You know, yes. she broke through that fear barrier yeah. coming out there with us. All of a sudden we heard something crash through the thicket yeah. on yeah. that same ridge line where that knock came from. Yeah, that's right. So it was, then, it was interesting. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, then, we went out and we, you know, Beth went ahead and uh, we met up at the truck again. We talked at the truck for a little bit and I told her that if she didn't care, me and Ron were going to stick around for a little bit, maybe up until around dark. And we we're going to go and just kind of do our own thing and walk the property and, and scout stuff on our own. And she was like, oh, OK, yeah, great. And she just went ahead and took off and walked back down to her house. And then, you know, we started doing our our thing you know and ron had mentioned earlier that you know we just we really need toes yeah i i literally did because we would found we kept finding these depressions and we found depressions over that place let's let's call it for what it was i don't know what they were we know some were bare but we know some that were not bare we just don't know what they were were they people you know coming in there i don't know but the problem with where we were at was the soil that or not even soil i should just say the substrate because it was it was all plant matter like literally the it was a hodgepodge of Mm -hmm. plants and mud and hay yeah yeah that's exactly what it was it was was like they were trying to uh plant grass there back in the spring Mm. or back in the fall rather and you know because the hay was old yeah but Sorry. yeah it was uh it was just this terrible mixture of stuff and we kept seeing these dentations i'm like ah i'm not impressed you know i remember saying that to him i was like ah we just got to find toes this is this isn't going to do it for me this doesn't do it we've got to find toes so and i found i found a big depression in the hay and it looked like its toes were pointing like it was getting ready to walk back up into the tree line and there was no recognizable trail where it continued on up the hill. So the logical thing for me is to track this thing backwards now. And lo and behold, I look up, I start looking for Ron and I, I yell for Ron and he's like, Hey, what's up? And I said, we have toes. We've got toes. Which you said this before now, guys. I did. And, and I used to get excited when I heard it. But even in the video, you're going to hear me say, I think, something like, 
okay, you know, I'm, I'm not sounding very excited because this has happened before and it's been bare or yep. it's been, you know, something just, it just, it never turns out to be what you want it to be ever. No, it's always, it's, it's generally always a bear. <laughs> and literally, I had just literally said, we need to find toes and no more than maybe three minutes later, here he is and we have toes. And I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. So. Now, the good thing I, about these toes, though, was that there's not an arching pattern to them at all. The so, best thing about these toes was where it was found. It just happened to be in this true. sweet spot, the sweet spot of Earth where there just happened to be enough mud to actually capture them while the, the actual uh, plant matter was still there, too. But there was just enough mud that you could see. And there was these independent little puddles where the toes would be. And I'm like, well, now, that's something. So, yeah, let's and cast to me, that. The, the, to me, the biggest part was that they weren't arched, too. Yeah. You know, a bear's footprint will have a, a mild arch where the farthest, the farthest right toe and the farthest left toe will yes. almost be in line with one another. And the other subsequent toes will be further out. This wasn't a bear, and um, I, I'm I'm no expert, but I've seen enough bear prints at this point yeah. to look at that and say that's not a bear. It's something, but it's not a bear. I don't know what it is. So let's you know let's see what we got. Yep. So we poured we poured the plaster, and then we waited. Yeah, we walked around the area a little bit. I walked around the area a little bit. I found a whole patch of ground cherries at that point, which yep. were literally what maybe. 40 yards away from where this footprint was. Something like if that. Because they if extended that, 30, out towards. 40, me. Yeah. Yeah. They were all over the place. I mean, literally it was like, and they oh were fresh. Gosh, they weren't from there. last year. They were, no. they were just from last week. Yeah. They were still in the ground. Um, and then there's a puddle that had frog eggs in it. You had found that. And yep. again, all of this within, you know, maybe just 30 yards, something like that of this, of where this print was. So, so right where this print really was, good. we had sugar, we had, we had fat and protein, and it it was it was looking good. Great. It was looking really <laughs> good. It was looking a little too good for me. Yeah, it, I'm uh, like this. This is like there's just too much. We're guys, like this is like going out in the in the desert and you know sitting there with your with your binoculars saying I'm going to see a UFO and you know the mothership flies over and it's not you know Greer out there you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not deal. A bunch of road flares. Yeah, it, out it, of plane. This just doesn't happen, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, he's we're back in the truck. We're sitting there waiting patiently, as patient as you can, uh, and it's raining, and and we're just twiddling our thumbs, you know. And all the time, Joe's like, "We got toast, we got toast." I'm like, "Yeah, just chill, chill. We don't know what we got yet, you know." You know trying to keep the excitement down. Meanwhile, I'm thinking in my head, "We got toast." I'm just not going to say it out loud because I'm not going to jinx this, but we got freaking toes because if that cast takes the way I think it's going to, you're going to see toes for the very first time from, from, you know, the ones that we've got like really yeah, good looking toes. You know, even though the tinny, the, the salamander cast from John's encounter, uh, they're nice full feet and the, you mm -hmm. have a, perfect example of a mid-tarsal break in both feet and you have that beautiful big round bulbous heel on yeah. both feet um the toes the toes aren't there yeah yeah the it, toes are implied you can see where the toes yeah. would would be should be should be yeah it's still but really they're, cool they're cast. not in they're not it's an incredible cast. in there because the substrate sucks yeah exactly but we went over and we started kind of removing some ground around from this the, was nerve wracking. Oh, yeah. This was nerve wracking for both of us because you're down there, you know, working on this thing, trying to get out of the ground and I'm videoing it and I'm trying not to say anything. And I'm, and, I'm in the and, ice cold mud too, by the way. Yeah, like I've got water. It's cold I'm, at this point. I'm, yeah, it's getting cold. Yeah, it's getting the, cold. The, the, the creek water is running up against one of my legs. The light's fading. You yeah. Know, it's it's getting nasty out, and to give you an idea, this was it's not uh, the best casting conditions in the world either because well, it's raining, it's wet, the this, air is real humid. This was literally the day before the big floods. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> that's how much rain we're talking about that was coming and going all day, 
And, uh, you know, here we are. And I'm holding the camera and I'm trying to get this shot. Meanwhile, I'm trying to say, don't break it, don't break it, don't break it, don't break it. Because, well, my God, it looked like you were going to break that thing. There were a few times I thought I was going to. And there's there's one piece of overpour that broke. And I was just like, oh, God. But that's what that was for. And I even said that when we poured it. was like, make sure you yeah. get enough overpour so you have something yep. to grab hold of to pull this thing on the ground. And I, there was so man. much grass I yeah i didn't think there was that much root matter that was insane and you can actually well, the hear reason that we didn't know it was there was because of that stinking glob of mud yeah. okay so here's something that's cool about this track and weird yeah and weird there's a glob this thing's foot whatever it was had mud all over it and it stepped down on the grass and it was in this weird muddy spot but there was mud from the creek bed right here in this spot and uh, there was grass and stuff underneath that. And when we were pouring the the plaster over it, it kind of displaced some of that mud out of the way and exposed the grass. And it was acting like Velcro, essentially. Oh, it sounds like Velcro. When you break yeah, that when thing free, you, out of the ground, you hear that. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, you can actually hear that. And it's just like, oh, my. But yeah, uh, and I was like, my. My butt was puckering uh, every yeah, time. Was I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. That's you don't know how many times mother I started. didn't want to give up her secret, did she? Right, right. And I, I almost turned the camera off because I'm like, I'm jinxing this, you know. But I didn't. I kept the camera rolling. And boy, it's a good thing I did. Yeah, because as soon as it came out, one section of the ground that clung to the earth uh, that was in this print just so happened to be the big toe yeah it was something so when we pulled it out the very first thing you see peering through all of the roots and all of the mud and muck that stuck to the cast as it comes out is this big toe that is yeah. way bigger than what that little puddle said it was oh yeah it was it was big yeah so we so, had uh we had the toes and uh at that point, I was pretty excited. Um, so, you know, now you just want to, you just want to see it. You know, you just want to get it home. You want to get it cleaned up and, and you know, the whole thing and, and see what we really, really got. And uh, we were pretty, we were pretty excited. So we decided to stop by and, and let Beth see it before we, you know, before we headed back out. And uh, she was pretty amazed with it. So, you know, um we were pretty happy with it. I'm still pretty happy with this one. I'm still pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with this one. And we've let a lot of people see this thing now. Um, I just got off the phone with Stan Gordon, uh, a couple hours ago, uh, sent him some pictures and and he called me and he was, he was pretty excited about it. Um, he had a different theory for how, you know, how that glob could have got there, which I found was interesting. Uh, and, you know, we'll have Stan on actually, uh, I think in April. And uh, we'll definitely go over this with Stan at that point. Um, but he was very interested in it. And I'm telling you, I mean, it's the best one I've seen yet. So, you know, that we've been on. Yeah, it, it's one of the one of the better tracks that, that we've cast for sure. It, actually, it's the best track we cast. The just because it has the toes, in my opinion, um, yeah, that's what makes it. it. Yeah, the toes tell it. the story. You know, the yeah. toes say this isn't a bear. The toes say this isn't human because this makes my foot look minuscule. Yeah. And well, the toes, the toes know, man. That's it. That's all I can say. Know, right. Yeah. The next day, uh, went over and. Uh, after it had dried and he had cleaned it up a little bit and and got to shoot the last part of our, our little documentary on it and there it is it's uh it's pretty impressive what is it like it's 15 inches right i'll look at the picture real quick and tell you how wide it is across the toe and across the heel the across the, the toe is is a lot bigger than the heel yeah i remember that so across the toes it is seven and a half inches and across the heel, it is like at the very base of the heel, it's five inches. Yeah. Yeah. And your toe alone, I think that thing was pretty massive from what I remember. Oh, yeah. That big toe, the, you know, we measured the, it. The big toe by itself is 
we we thought when we pulled it out just by eyeballing it that it was two inches by like an inch and a half. We were off. By an inch on both sides. It is, <laughs> the, the big toe is three inches yeah. long. Yeah. And it is two and a half inches wide. Two and a half inches wide. Yep. So, yeah, that was just... Uh, so, yeah, it was just uh, to wrap up an already amazing day. Just to get the story, to go out there and be able to hike all day and get out in the woods was awesome. Mm-hmm. But then being able to end it this way, I was just over the moon. Well, I got an actual story. I mean, you know, I went out there to set out to document this, and we actually got a full documentation from beginning to end resolution on this, which was really Keep good. Your heart out, Travel Channel. Ha, that's funny. You're funny. It's not that good, but uh, it, it's good, though. I mean, it's it's It's, it's good in the sense that we got a story. We did get a story. There's definitely yeah, it's a story. our story. story. Yeah, that's true. I can't deny that. And, uh, you know, hopefully that thing will be done soon. I sent it off to Dave for scoring. Um, Dave Roberts, he's going to, he's, he's, I don't know that he wanted to, but, you know, I was like, you know, Dave, I need this scored, you know, go do it. (laughs) He's going to do fantastic work with it. One day he's going to be like, I'm tired of doing stuff, you know, but, uh, but Dave's cool. He, he does our uh, theme music. He does, you know, uh, special things for us, like on the Hopkinsville thing. He, he composed a whole score just for the Hopkinsville uh, thing and for the uh, Flat, not Flat Woods. It was the the last one we did, the Pascagoula. He did a yeah. special score for Pascagoula. He did a he's done several that are just special for those uh, specific ones, uh, and it's really cool to be able to call him up and and do that. But I asked him before. I said, Dave. How you feel about, you know, scoring a, something that might be, you know, 20, 25 minutes long? And he's like, that'd be fun. I'm like, OK. <laughs> so I didn't think twice about it. You know, it's less that I have to do. And uh, I can't wait to get a bike uh, and do a little color grading on it and and upload it. We will have it exclusive on our YouTube channel. It will not be on uh, Facebook. It will not be on anything else. It will be on our YouTube channel. We'll have links to it, but it will yep. not be it, uh, it'll be exclusive to that. So, Wayne, did we miss anything that you might have done out in the field? Without being there, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of tough to, you know, Wayne's just, no, just, like, just on a general general idea. Was there anything that when we were telling you the story that you were like, oh, you know, I would have maybe asked this or said this, looked at this? Well, there was there was a question I had earlier. I just didn't want to interrupt this whole story. Huh, and go it, ahead. It's, it seems you know, kind of minuscule, but I'm just curious about. So this was an area that she walked in when she was young, if I if I remember correctly. Yes, her family uh, property. Mm, family okay, property. so that's what I was going to say. So like how many, how long have they owned this? Is it like a, just like her parents owned it or is it generational? Generational and so oh. far generational that her grandpa claims to have her before he passed had, you know, talked to her about seeing a big white Bigfoot out that way. Not only mm. that, guys, not only that, so generational that the old timers uh, have even heard things back up in there. And I think her grandfather uh, even had a UFO sighting in that area, if I'm if I'm right. Yes. Wow. That's what she had said. Yeah, back and in the 60s, I think yeah, it was. There's apparition sightings around there. This is a paranormal hotspot. But you know, you got these. These are great places. Back when I was with Ghost Watch, you know, that was one of the things I used to say was, you know, every town's got a great ghost story. Everybody's got a great ghost story. Boy, this place has a great ghost story. It's got ghosts. It's got Bigfoots. It's got you know UFOs. It is absolutely awesome. And I cannot wait to get back in there and actually, uh, you know, look at some of these other legends. This place is awesome. And so did let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. So did you all when you were out there, did you hear any besides that crashing sound, did you hear any any hoops or whoops or whistles or mm-hmm. yells or No. I didn't. I tried to get a whistle response uh, you whenever did I was whistle. across the queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I whistled a few times to try to see if I could get a whistle back. Mm-hmm. Um or any kind of response, but it, it just no response. Nothing. Yeah, because if have you've, uh, I know uh, I'm almost positive you've heard the whistle out there, correct, Joe? At some point, oh, yeah. you're. Yeah. Is, is that I don't know if you ever have, Ron? Have no, you? No, I have not. No. It is 
it catches you off guard and it is so you almost get freaked out but you almost get giddy inside you know or yeah. i did you're like what you, you can't i mean it sounds so much like a person but it sounds so perfect mm. you know yeah that, that it, whistle it, it's not it's like a really really unique whistle um i uh i've heard it a few times out in one of our research sites and i've had other people with me hear it as well uh and it is clear as a bell like you're saying it is like a clear 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 whistle and I was just hoping to maybe get one of those back, but didn't get anything on this trip. It's like no. it's it's like the most professional whistle you will ever hear. It's not a. Is it like Barry in the woods? Like what? Oh, oh yeah. Do you remember how professional Barry would whistle were? in the store? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like Barry out in the woods. You're 100 percent right. Real? It took me a minute to register. I was like Barry. That's what I was like, well, am I missing something? But Is there yeah, a movie no, I wish you to watch. 100. It Barry is. was the guy that we used to 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 work with, and he uh, he's the best whistler I have ever heard. I mean, he could be on an album. He's that good. Yeah, and he can whistle. He can whistle loud. Yes, it's loud, but it's firm. It's and there's no you know, like a lot of people people whistle, and it kind of gets that fluctuation. You know. Yeah. Nope. What I heard was none of that. It was just perfect, and it didn't belong in the woods. Wow. And you were like, mm. when you hear that at, you know, two or three in the morning, you're like, uh, well, <laughs> what's that? Know? Right. And then you go, you know, like in my experience, the guy was like, tell me you heard that. Tell me you heard that's what <laughs> I've been hearing. That's what I've been. And I was like, yeah, I heard it. And he just, I mean, this guy was six foot something, you know, he's just freaking out. Yeah. And he, he was And he was, he got giddy like a little girl that someone else heard what he had been hearing, you know, many, many times. And it, when I heard it, I, cause I'd never heard it up to that point. And I was like, Oh my God. Trying to process it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, but it's, it's a beautiful sound. It's perfect. That's the only way I know how to describe it. No, I haven't, haven't really heard that. I've, I've, I've heard the weird, chattery stuff apparently and didn't know what that was either so you know maybe maybe one day but uh you know i I don't know i mean i've gone from uh you know thinking that this thing is possible to coming around to being like well it's more than possible it's probable at this point i mean there's something out there I, i don't know what it is i mean i'm seeing tracks that are showing up i'm seeing you know, all these signs, all these little bits of evidence that, sure, you can all say, oh, well, that's this, and I can explain it away as that. Sure, you can. You can explain away anything and everything. It doesn't mean that you're right. It just means that you can easily explain away everything, and I can, too. It doesn't mean I'm right. Look at this, folks. Just pay attention here. Last week in Pascagoula, we swung me to the uh, UFO side, <laughs> and now we have... We have roped the incredible Ron. I don't I don't know. Did you roped me? You showed me that there's a pattern and you showed me that there's evidence that there could be something there. And I can't, you know, when things are put on the table, I cannot brush them off and just simply say, well, that's this. There's just too much of it. When it's stacked up so high, you can't do that after a while. Okay. I mean, we may as well have found a shelter out there. It would have, you know. It wouldn't have mattered to me at this point if we do, because I don't have to have that. I've seen enough to know that there's something out there. So you don't need to see the mailbox with says Mr. Bigfoot on it? I really don't. No, I don't <laughs> need to see Mr. Bigfoot's mail or his mailbox or, you know, or whatever. Mr. He's, Foot. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Foot. Uh, yeah, I don't need to see any of that because there's enough evidence that says there's something there. Now, I do need to know what it is. Okay, I'm not willing to sit down and say, oh, this is 100 percent, you know, this. I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you there's something out there and it has some it's has some pretty big feet. Okay, I mean, so you you do with that what you will. But uh, (laughs) it's 
it's something big and it has some pretty big feet last week we had uh we had a a, a being with no feet yeah this week we have just the opposite yeah more foot more foot than you can imagine yeah right? <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty alarming if, the size if we, of this thing if we would have had better uh material i mean there's no doubt we would have had a trackway there's no doubt in my mind um, oh yeah Absolutely. We would have. We had a full trackway. It was we multiple. Probably been going to the local store and buying more plaster and just you know sitting there yep. until midnight casting, you know. But uh, perfect location, but terrible ground. I mean, y- you've got this around here though, and so, we've talked so about it me, before. Let me ask you a question on that, on the the casting part of that, and you might not want to tell me, and that's fine too. I probably already know. Um, you might not want to tell the listeners. So, um, were you using a like plaster of Paris, or were you using like a dental plaster? Uh, we used actually we used both because um, I had both with me, and in the toe portion, um, the part because I only had so much hydrocal. Uh, dental plaster, hydrocal, they're the same thing. So if you're out there in the field working, do yourself a favor, get some hydrocal it sets up like stone it has a completely different sound to it um the faster whenever you're it's tapping way, it it almost has this metallic ting to it yeah. um so i knew i only had so much to use and so i poured that on the front and got the toes nice and good and got the the probably back into the middle of the foot and then i had to mix up plaster of paris and you want to mix them while they're wet and then just take a stick and kind of slurry it around on the top to help solidify that chemical bond. And that way, when they kind of all come together, it just seizes as one big unit. Which is what it did. Nice. Very nice. So you yeah. all got you all got everything documented on yep. the obviously we know the weather type. It was rainy and cold. Very and, rainy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you did you do you have a like. For your personal use, do you have coordinates on where you were when you found yep. them? Or? Oh, yes. I've got yep. the exact longitude and latitude. Yep. I dropped a pin while I was standing there. Perfect. Yep. Congrats, guys. That's yeah, awesome. this is a, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, we'll know more when we get back out there, and you know, hopefully you can join us on that. So that would be even better. Yeah. yeah. The next yeah. time I, you know, I plan on taking a few more bits of equipment with us. Uh, and uh might be in may yeah yeah could be could be yeah i mean i'm excited i can't wait to go out with you guys yeah it's it's gonna be fun getting you out in the field with us i think it's gonna be a blast um so with all of that said thanks for listening everybody we hope you've enjoyed this as much as we did uh as you can see we we had a whole lot of detail that we brought back for this one for you guys because we knew that we left you there just kind of hanging on the edge of your seat last week and didn't want to disappoint. And man, I was excited to, to be able to come back and get this episode cut and, and talk about how we in fact went out and, and did the unexpected. Well, it's a good thing we did because we really didn't have anything else planned for this episode. <laughs> so that worked out really right. good, didn't it? So, Everybody. And I wouldn't believe it if it hadn't been documented on video. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Um, so, but yeah, for real. Uh, be be sure to because uh, that's not even why we even went out there. No, <laughs> no. You gotta you gotta hop on YouTube, folks, and check yeah. this out. You've got to subscribe so so you you'll get the drop as soon as it's uploaded. Uh, as soon as I get it back from, from scoring, it's going into color grade. And after that, it's going to be uploaded. At that point, uh, we'll we'll tell everybody, hey, go out and watch it. But uh, if you've already subscribed, you'll get a notification right then. And you ought to be watching it. So make sure you go out and subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, you'll find that over on our website. And Joe is going to tell you how to get there. So if you're interested in getting to our website, just head on over to www wildandweirdwv.com Once you're there, you have so many options to choose from, one of which being hitting the podcast link. 
once you hit that link, it's going to open up our entire backlog and you can sit and listen on your computer or your phone to your heart's content. If you want to help support us over here at Wild and Weird Radio and help keep everything free for eons to come, while you're over at wildandweirdwv.com, you can hit the shop tab and take a look at any of the stuff in our shop. And if you like it, take some home with you. Lastly, but certainly not least, if you have had an encounter and you are in the Appalachian region, there's a good chance that we might actually be able to make it to investigate your area as long as the evidence is still fresh. We are a rapid response research crew, as well as a phenomenal, amazing podcast that is just tickles your ear every week. Exactly. Absolutely. I agree. So if you've had an experience of your own, click on the Contact Us tab. File an official report. One of us will be back with you shortly. So until next week, stay wild and weird, everybody. Remember, folks, you need to lock your doors and bolt your windows because apparently Bigfoot's on the prowl.